Hello, everybody. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good night. I don't know when you're listening, watching, whenever, but it is right now, 10 a.m. Eastern time on the East Coast. I am your boy coming at you just below the roof, a couple flights up from the kitchen above the second floor in my attic. This show is called Philanthropy and Focus, and I am called the Nonprofit Sector Connector. Every single week on a Friday morning at 10 a.m., I get super excited because I meet with and I bring to you another leader of a nonprofit organization. What am I doing? Helping them tell their story and amplifying their message. I love that word amplify. I really, I really dig it. I remember like my dad had like the old amplifier. Kylie, you probably don't remember this type of stuff like tube amplifier. I mean, I'm too, well, I'm not too young to remember this stuff. But my old man has like really cool stereo equipment, but I'm the amplifier, baby. I'm here to amplify the message that nonprofits change our world every day, each and every day in a lot of different ways. And I think oftentimes the sector goes overlooked. And I actually, I feel like I hear my friend Ken Serini's voice. You know, we shine a light on the sector and that's what the Imagine Awards does both here in Long Island and in New York City. But it's also what this show is all about. And every week we're going to bring you another leader of a nonprofit organization to do just that. Every moment of every day, huh? moment, a moment of magic, see? Every moment of every day, nonprofits are changing our world. So here's what I want you to know. A little bit of seriousness, and then we're going to have a lot of fun because this is a special organization. So every 60 seconds, a child is in need of medical care. Traumatic experiences can initiate strong emotions and physical reactions that can persist long after that event. The organization that Kylie McGrain founded is making an incredible impact for our young people. And we have a fun story we'll tell right after, uh, rather, um, after we go through a lot of this, we're going to have a fun conversation about something Kylie and I are going to do a week from today to make an impact for some young people who, um, who unfortunately are having some difficult times. So Kylie McGrain, I mean, look, I, I, I can go through the accolades. First of all, I'm going to read a couple things. But first of all, I like to say a couple, a couple things out of the gate. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And welcome to my attic. <laughs> I love it. Someday I will let people come into the attic. I don't know if you remember a movie called Wayne's World. It's an mm-hmm. old, again, I'm throwing back. I know we're, there's a little bit of age difference between you and I, but Wayne's World, they got a gig. They got a, a network show. So they built Wayne's basement in a studio and then they mm-hmm. did the show from there. So basically one day I'm calling out all the networks. One day we're going to put Tommy D's attic in a studio somewhere So I don't have, you know, like distractions, like four little children running up sometimes during the show, but we'll get to that. (laughs) That's not what we're here to talk about today. All right. So Kylie's organization, A Moment of Magic was founded in, uh, in 2014, right? Yes. Uh, There were some things I wanted to mention before we start. So Kylie is the founder of the organization, but she's also a president, George H.W. Bush, Daily Point of Light honoree a Sarah Blakely and Spanx red backpack fund recipient. So did you meet Sarah or no? 
I was able to do a Zoom with her and I was just like enamored. I have been a longtime Spanx fan and, uh, you know, I'm a fan of hers in general. So, you know, just meeting her on Zoom, I was starstruck. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I watch, I follow her on LinkedIn and she puts a lot of cool stuff out there. So yeah. I dig that. I, you know, I mean, I, I think, I don't know the numbers, but she just had a really successful successful exit from with yeah. our company. So super Look, I, the entrepreneurial story is is great, whether it's in the nonprofit like you or in for-profit. I, I love the story where people just get out there, they figure out uh, some ideas, they find an opportunity, and then they create a solution for that. Also, you are a New York Yankees Hope Week honoree, and, and I don't know if I'm saying this word right, an airy change maker, right? Yes, yeah. Right. So, and, and like, and I say this with love because I, I, but you're a kid, man, you're just getting going, <laughs> right? You got like, and I mean that, and I, you know, some people are going to be like, oh, Tommy D that's, that's rude or deprecating. It isn't. I just mean, you started this organization as a, as a young person, you're still a young person. You have so much. I remember when I came to your gala a few months ago, which I will say myself, I mean, I didn't know it was going to be black tie until I looked at the last minute. And my shout out to my guys right here in the neighborhood by me on Long Island, B2B Spoke. I called them at 4.30. I said, I think the event was like New Rochelle, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I got to be up in New Rochelle at six o'clock. And I just found out I need, I need a tux. And I will tell you, I look dynamite in that tuxedo. So <laughs> I don't know if it was part me, part the boys setting up a nice tuxedo, but that was a special event. I remember coming up to you and just saying, I see the future and what is, what is 35 year old Kylie? What is 50 year old Kylie? What is the incredible impact? I mean, this organization has impacted just, if you think about the children, hundreds of thousands of children that your organization has made an impact on. But then I think, and I'm going to shut up and let you tell your story because I want to hear the story again, because I love this story, but I think a lot about the ripple effect and we talk a lot about it on this show and the, the young people, meaning the college age folks that are in your programs, that are sororities and, and fraternities across this country, what's the impact for them and the ripple for their community and on and on. So let's go back. Let's go back to what's always my first line of questioning here is, Kylie McGrain, what drew you to nonprofit? What drew you to service work? Where does this, where does this come from? What, why get, even get involved with this? So I was raised by two incredible teachers in Pennsylvania, and my parents were always really big proponents of getting involved in the community, whether it was through their professions or getting us activated in community service work or, you know, just community engagement in whatever sense we could. Um, Since I was a little girl, that was a really big part of our family. And it's actually my mom's birthday today. So it's very full circle that this is happening today. Happy birthday. Can we call her by name? <laughs> yeah. So happy birthday, Carol. I love you very much. <laughs> Carol, we, we love you. From Birthday hugs from the attic, Carol. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But they were the people that really instilled this belief that one person can make a difference on other people. And since I was growing up my whole life, this was a really big part of who I was and what I wanted to do. And when I started looking at different colleges, um, I knew that I really wanted to go to New York City. That was always my dream since I was a kid to live in New York City. And I started looking at different schools and there was a teeny tiny school in the Bronx. And a really big part of the education was finding the cross section between what you were doing in the classroom and what you can do in the community. And they were really big proponents of getting involved in community and civic engagement. So I went and interviewed at the school. I fell in love with it. And um, 
I started getting involved in a myriad of different service work, you know, whether that was doing um, people that were houseless in New York City and doing outreach there or working with youth in the Bronx. And I just always felt a really particular affinity towards working with children. And I know you called me a kid before, and I really think that's the best description of me. I am like a big kid. Um, I think that that's something that's really unique about my person and my being. And I just started to think, you know, if I was a kid, what kind of opportunities would I would have liked to do? And when I was in high school, I had my grandparents were both hospitalized long term. And I remember the anxiety of a visitor going into the hospital and thinking, wow, this is a scary place. Everything is white and sterile and clean, and it's not really a fun environment. And I started thinking about what it would be like if I was a child in the hospital. So with that idea kind of in the back of my mind, I started thinking, how can I volunteer in that capacity? And it's understandably incredibly difficult to volunteer in a children's hospital. And I was being met with a lot of thanks so much for your outreach, but unfortunately this isn't the right fit right now. So I had to figure out what it was going to look like for me to volunteer in that way. So I was a sophomore in college. I went home for Christmas break right around now. Um, and my parents were flipping through the channels and um, a commercial for Frozen was on. And my mom just kind of made a passing comment that was like, oh, you kind of look like Elsa, um, you know, the big eyes and the blonde hair. <laughs> and it was just this mini epiphany where I thought, oh, what if I go into the hospitals and I dress up like Elsa? And keep in mind, I had no acting or theater background. I had no experience volunteering in a hospital before. It was just an idea. So, so hold on a second. Hold yeah. on a second. You mean people can just come up with an idea, not really have it all <laughs> figured out. Like this is inspirational. Like I, I want you to tell this story, but I want to just call that out for a second because it's like, guys, gals, women, men, people don't like get caught up. And if you got the whole thing figured out, like you feel something inside. I will give you an example. This show, I've done 48, 49 episodes, and I'm still figuring it out only every single week. But mm -hmm. like the point is, it was an idea that I wanted, and I think it was impactful. So go do it. So if you have an idea, like if you're listening and you find this somewhere on the interweb at some point in your life, and you're, you want to be inspired, Kylie didn't have necessarily originally a plan. I know, I know some more of this story, but I will say shout out Carol, because I will tell you, Carol, <laughs> you know how many times Carol, I've told that story. So my friend Kylie, she's sitting on the couch and her mom and frozen comes on and her mom says, Kylie, you know what? You look like Elsa. And I've told that story. If I've told it once, I've told it 25 times. I mean, I told it on a video an hour ago. We just put on Instagram. We were talking before the show. So it, it's about an idea. It's about a figment of something everywhere you are. Look around. Everything came out of somebody's imagination right mm -hmm. as did a moment of magic so I didn't I just wanted to draw attention to that so please continue and I think the beauty of the organization is that it started with a simple idea you know it wasn't to create this big organization or to change the world it was simply to do something that was nice for someone else and I had no idea conceptually how big it would be or what it would take so you know the first thing I did was texted a few of my friends and said does this sound like a good idea is this something you'd want to be involved in and we kind of put it out there to the world we wrote a little bit about why we wanted to do it our history with uh, community service work and we posted on Facebook and within a few days we raised five thousand dollars and that was like, you know, at 27, that's a huge amount of money. At 20, it was like, oh my gosh. So you're like, hold on, there's something here. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. So, you know, and 
it was so interesting to me because this wasn't something that was being done and it seemed like something that should be existing already. So, you know, we put it out to the community, we started crowdfunding, and then we started talking to the school that we were at, you know, what can we do to establish it here? How do we get more people involved? What do we do? So again, Um, that's in the community, that's kind of in the DNA of mm -hmm. Mount Mount St. Vincent's, correct? Oh, yeah. That's like in, I tell you, I was just downstairs getting more coffee, because when you're Tommy D, you can never actually have enough (laughs) in your system. Like, I just keep putting more in. Like I need it, but I was downstairs and I was just thinking about that. And I, I said, you know what? I'm going to say to Kylie, I wish I had known about such a school. Although at, at 18, 19, 20 years old, I don't, this is, I'm a different man, you know, going to be 44. As you said a word, the epiphany, you know, that's mm-hmm. actually my birthday is the epiphany, January 6th. So coming up in a few weeks, I'll turn 44 and I'm back in school now uh, with the Institute for Nonprofit Practice. But I was thinking, I was like, man, you know, I wish I knew about this school, but I, I don't think I was there as an 18 year old young guy. Now I'd love to learn more about this school. So if, you know, if you still, I'm imagining somebody like you probably still keeps ties to that school. Yeah. Would love to find out what's going on and maybe if it's appropriate, connect with some of the, some of the folks over there. Right. But the DNA or, or the culture of the organization, they wanted to support that. You come back with this idea. You said, we did a little, did a little research, little research and development threw a couple things on Facebook, 5,000 bucks we have something here. We have an idea here, right? So you bring it back to school. Give me just the beginning of that story. And then we're going to, we're going to tease them. And then we're going to come back from a break and finish the story. So you come back to school, right? You got the five grand. What happens? So I was an English and communication major at the time, didn't have any business or entrepreneurial experience at all. And it just so happened that the boy I was talking to was a business major. And he said, you know what, let me introduce you to one of my professors that I think will really like this idea. Flash forward seven years to where we are now. Um, That business professor helped us write our first business plan proposal, which actually helped us get seed funding to start up. And that boy I was talking to is my fiance. So I don't know. Hopefully that's a good teaser. <laughs> Dude, I, wow. I mean, I knew all that stuff and I'm, I'm still getting chills. Shout out to that boy. Shout out to that professor. Shout out to you, Kylie. Happy birthday, Carol. I'm the nonprofit sector connector. This is Philanthropy and Focus. We are in my attic. I'm going to share the website on Facebook for you all who are on Facebook watching in. And Kylie and I will be back in just about 90 seconds. Kyle, take us to break. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Hi. 
Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. I can't hear that song and not smile. So I should just, if I'm ever having a blue day, I should just sing that song. And I do sometimes just sing my song. I, I just like singing words. All right. So look, I, I shared the website while we were at break. So the website is amomentofmagic.org. And I didn't, you know, like I know about the princesses. I know, well, everybody will have to tell them the story. But I know about the princesses and I know about the superheroes. But I think I see mary poppins is that mary poppins in the white and red? all right so like i grew up on mary poppins and annie and yes i do have four children who um make fun of me because i cry at the movie annie i cry a lot <laughs> but i that particular you too all right so that's so we're gonna we'll get along well so here's the thing like i there's a particular scene in annie that gets me very emotional and it's like when she's singing that song maybe and, you know, like if she's pining for her parents, you know, she thinks they're still out there, the whole thing. And that always gets me every time. And my parents are still around. So it's not like I'm an orphan, but it's just, you know, I'm a sensitive kind of guy, I guess. So what so that came up for me with the Mary Poppins, because I must have watched that a thousand times. So. All right. Let's let's. So first of all, I got good news for you. Twenty two years ago, there was a boy and a girl. Right. And now we have four kids and we're together. So it's all good. You met that boy when you were young and it's, it's a good thing. So we're at college, you know, you have this, this boy, you have the professor, what happens? Like you, you're going to, now you need, you've told me a business plan. You've told me in the past, right? Yeah. So they sat down with me in a meeting and said, you know, you really have something here. And I don't think that I realized that this could grow beyond just myself or my circle or my school. Um, So they helped me kind of put together a proposal and how do we do this outreach to hospitals? So I went back to my dorm room and I started making a list of all of the children's hospitals in New York City and in some of the outer boroughs. So I start calling and calling and calling and no one's picking up or no one's really getting it calling like who's your like how did you decide I mean this is almost like a sales gig at this point like who's your call point who are you trying to get to so we were originally just started with the volunteer department and you know before COVID those departments are so overextended they have people calling all the time so we didn't really have our pitch down because we'd never done it before so we didn't really know what we were doing and it was a lot of Oh, hi. Um, we're a few girls at this school that want to do something nice. And they were very kind and basically said, come back to us when you have a little bit more experience. And we needed someone to open that door. So the first hospital that welcomed us in was Cohen's Children's Hospital in Long Island, which 
is one of my favorite hospitals. I think that they do such an excellent job with their child life program. So they bring us in and we're wearing our costumes for the first time. And I thought, you know, maybe we'll be there for an hour, an hour and a half. We'll go. What was the setup though? What were they, they like, so you, and cause I know there's a, a blue beetle involved mm-hmm. somewhere. Oh, along, yeah. All right. So yeah. who, who is involved? It's you and a couple of girlfriends or you and a friend. It's, it's myself, friend. Oh. my myself and my college roommate, just the two of us at the time. So we drive my little uh, blue punch buggy out to long Island. We come in with these elaborate costumes and they basically said, you know, how would you feel about going room to room and interacting with the kids? And you're like, absolutely. Let's do it. Um, and we ended up being there for five or six hours um, to a 202 bed hospital. And we saw every single child there. And that day was really a pivot point for me where it wasn't just an idea anymore. I was actually seeing this impact of what we were doing and how one person really does have the ability to change the entire trajectory of someone else's day. Say that, say that one person can change some, the trajectory of somebody else's day. And I'm going to challenge you change the trajectory of someone else's life because it's mm-hmm. true. What, what those two teachers taught you that one person can make that impact. That's real. You're, you're living it. And every single person that you touch and affect uh, touches and affects hundreds, thousands more than that of other mm-hmm. people. That's, incredible work and that's what fires me up about this sector and that's what fires me up about your trip especially so I want to know though like you get to the hospital that day you see 202 kids um which is incredibly special I actually first time I met two of my children was at Cohen's my other two were born at another hospital but I (laughs) two were born at Cohen's so very uh very special place for sure what um what did that day look like though were there wardrobe changes or were you like who do you remember who you were that day I was, I was Elsa. That was that first time I put on that dress. And it's so funny to look back because our costumes have improved so much because we've just learned so much. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a visual representation of the growth that we've had over the last seven years. But, you know, we got there, we changed in one of the faculty or administrator bathrooms. We go out onto the floors and we're handing out like stickers and little gifts for the kids. And I mean, much smaller scale of what we're doing now, but it really was the bare bones of what this foundation grew to be is that it's really not the gifts that you're bringing to the kids. It's the gift of being present with the children Um, and having someone come into their room that is either a stranger or they remotely recognize that's there to focus on how are you doing? What do you like to do? What is your favorite color? What's your favorite movie? That's focusing on these fun things instead of how are you feeling? Or can I access your port? Or can we give you medicine? Having someone come in just to focus on them as a person and not on a patient is incredibly impactful. Because most of what these young people are experiencing is, is, is the clinical staff and, and bless them for the work they do. But, yeah. but most of, you know, they're there to do a job. They're not necessarily there to entertain. They're there, they are there to take care of, of the child. Right. Um, and, and, you know, in, in seeing some of the videos of the families, you know, when it came to your gala a couple months back, uh, just seeing some of the the impact stories that these, how these families were, were affected by the work that, you know, the early days way back seven years ago. Right. But now what, what the impact, I mean, it is like hundreds of thousands of children that, that the organization is, has connected with. Right. 
Yeah, we've reached 100,000 children in early summer this year, which is just beyond um, conceptualization for me, because this really started with, can I help one person? Um, And I think it just goes to show, you know, no matter what the circumstances, we've just continued to broaden our mission to extend outside of just the hospital walls, but also children that are underserved or in the foster care system. You know, children need the time to be kids. They need time to interact and have fun and to play, to deal with the stressors of life. And I think if anything has been taught to us over the last two years, essentially from COVID is that mental health is really important and community is really important. And that's what we're able to provide through our service work is community engagement that feels like fun um, and letting that impact mental health. So you're referring to, and, and I talked about you, I think I talked about you by name last week on the show because mm-hmm. a couple, I'm putting together a couple of, of organizations, yours and, yours and at least two others for a meeting we're going to have. It'll probably for efficiency purposes be on Zoom like this, but it's around that mental health conversation. It's around college age people, um, you know, one organization around um, uh abuse of alcohol in, in college age people, another around this topic of uh, suicide, tragically suicide in, in you know, a tragic suicide is a tragedy at any age, but, you know, certainly in, in the college age. So I'm, we're, and I talk to you about that mental health thing and it, oh. and I remember you saying, you know, I, I, you know, I hope it wasn't just a candid conversation, but I'll bring it up. You, you know, you talked about how a lot of the participants in your programs talk about the need for strategies around mental health, mental health services, and, mm-hmm. You know, being in, in, I don't talk much about it on, on the show here, but we own an insurance agency, a benefits agency. So we're constantly talking to employers about that mental health conversation because as it relates to employee benefits. Uh, you know, I, I think, I say it a lot on this show, and I, I think that we've, we've as a society become more aware um, mm-hmm. where we're working towards ending the stigma ending is is I guess ambitious but at least breaking the stigma around this conversation and I you know if it's if it's um uh, Michael Phelps years ago and um Simone Biles recently and just really shining a light on this is a conversation we need to have man and I I life is challenging life is tough what you know straight up life is tough you know and and that's and so people might say I'm complaining or being a baby but no this is real stuff life is difficult then you throw in challenges of health issues or trauma and and these are things that need to be discussed and and more out there in the open and I think these are conversations that I certainly want to be a part of and 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 be impactful towards so but I want to talk because I just mentioned it too um you know certainly we'll get into those mental health discussions you know maybe not today um but Tell me about those people, those young people, aside from the children you're helping. How does this, all right, let's, I know, I get so excited. So I know that there was a video, all right? So you do the Cohen's thing, you sort of, the organization's getting, kind of getting its feet under itself, right? Mm -hmm. And what happens with this video? So I think, you know, we started going to these visits, we started posting on social media, and I started getting more and more outreach from people across the country saying, my child is here in Washington, and she has a stage four brain tumor, can you come and see us? That was on the other side of the country, and I was a college student, and I just had a realization, like, this is 
far bigger than me. And I don't want to limit it to just myself because then we're not serving as many people as we could. So we thought long and hard about what that would look like. And we decided to make this something where college students can start a chapter at their school, but we needed to figure out a way to market this to them. So I knew being a college student, you know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm scrolling. So I started emailing any news outlet I can think of, you know, the Today Show, Good Morning America, anyone. And it just so happened a few months later, someone found it in their inbox and um, Elite Daily reached out to us and said, we'd love to shadow you on a visit. So they came with us here to Montefiore Hospital um, in the Bronx. They filmed the behind the scenes. They filmed being at the hospital and they posted it right before Halloween. And I remember sitting in my dorm room, watching it on my phone. And it was at zero views. And then it was at a thousand and then 10,000 and then a hundred thousand. And I'm just watching it continue to grow. And that video now has over 70 million views. And it was just totally life-changing for us. That changed the game for a moment of magic. Well, that was it. You couldn't go back anymore. Right. At that point, first of all, you have all this outreach. People want to know. People are plugged in. But I remember, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's 65, 70 million people have viewed it. But before that, even in the first 12 or, or 24 hours, the numbers were like, like oh crazy. My gosh. Right? It was crazy. I think it was just like in the millions the first few days. And it was a really interesting time. You know, it was late 2016. And I think people watched the video and were like, wow, this is something I could feel good about. Mm, yeah. And they could visualize how simple it was for one person to go into a hospital and change the trajectory of one person's day. Um, and I think college students particularly felt really drawn to that mission because that's a time when you want to know that you matter. And knowing that you can do something and you can get involved in this way, I think is really powerful. So we are going to take a quick break, but I find it an interesting thing that you said that when the when that video was out there was right around, you said right around Halloween. So, Mm -hmm. so late fall or fall, November, you know, some, there was a lot of challenge and and certainly some social differences in this country right around that time of the election. And, uh, and wow, what a, what something nice to really shine some, some good light on, on, uh, on a conversation. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about like, you know, what, what it looks like, what the programs look like across the country. We'll talk about, what do you need? Because that's always my thing. What do you need? And um, who you're looking to connect with and all that kind of stuff. But we'll do that when we come back. Kylie McGrain is here, founder, executive director of A Moment of Magic, everybody's own Elsa right here <laughs> in the attic visiting. One of my girls, one of my daughters is Gaga over princesses. So, you know, we're going to have to do a day of service coming to hang out with, with you. Absolutely. Um, all right, gang, we'll be right back. This is Philanthropy and Focus on Tommy D. Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism, 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. That is a command. Cut through the static. Push that static out of the way. Get in the attic with your boy, Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector. All right. So here's the deal. I'm saving. If you're looking in on the Facebook, uh, the Facebook, this is philanthropy and focus. Kylie, I'm sharing this for another second or two because it, I just came across this on the it's I am posting Instagram on Facebook right now. And it says here, magic maker. Tell me about this. And then I'll, I'll go back to the screen with you and me. So magic makers are how we describe anyone that's involved in our mission. That's what we call them because that's what they do. They go out into the community and they create magic for other people. So whether that's a donor or a volunteer or a partner or a parent or a social worker, they are a magic maker and that's what we call them. I, I love that. I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's incredibly special. And I like, you know, as much of, of, there's a serious nature of the folks you're serving. I love how playful this organization is because, but again, obviously Tommy, because that's the whole point is that Mm -hmm. this is not supposed to be the heavy stuff. The families and these, these children are dealing with the heavy stuff all day long. So what you're bringing is, is this lightness and this it's playfulness. So I, I want, so we got 65 million people have now seen this video. This is, you know, this organization is, is huge, right? You must have like thousands of employees and like, right? No, <laughs> no, I, 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 no, we're not quite there yet. Um, we're still a pretty small organization in terms of um, things on the operating side. I'm the only full-time employee. And last year, I love to say that we have really impeccable timing because we we had an incredibly strong 2019, like far exceeded any of our expectations or projections. So we saw that we were growing at this really rapid rate. And we said, you know what, let's hire some part-time staff to offset some of this work so we can grow sustainably. So in January, 2020, we hired three people part-time. We got an office here in New York city. Um, and we were like, let's get things going. And then early March came. What happened? And, uh, you know, this little thing called COVID, you know, uh, coronavirus. it was such an, I mean, it's so hard to look back on that because that was our entire business model in our little snow globe it of a is world. What? Is, being, is being like in person, like that's that in, the whole, the whole I mean, thing is that right in person in hospitals with college students who are on their college campuses. 
every single part so, of that. So the college kids are sent home. You're mm -hmm. certainly not getting into a hospital. Certainly you wouldn't, you couldn't get into a hospital period. Certainly not right. with children with some serious immune system issues. Right. Mm -hmm. So, wow. So, you know, some people might go, all right, well, let's put this on a shelf and, you know, come back to this thing when, it, you know, back then we thought it was going to be two weeks, if we all remember, right? COVID was going to be gone in a couple of weeks. Well, yeah. And then it was Easter Sunday. I think we'd be okay. But it, obviously that's not the deal, but you could have said, let's just wait and see. Right. Mm -hmm. But did you? I am not a wait and see kind of person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, um, you know, that was a really scary time because I, and I, maybe this is just being the entrepreneur that I grew into, but it was like, we have worked collectively so hard over the last few years to get to where we are. I could not sit still and like backslide. So, you know, we rallied our community. We talked to our volunteers and said, what do you want to do? And I think for people like me and in this organization, they wanted some semblance of control to help in some way. And for us, you know, we couldn't be in the hospitals. We couldn't be on the front line serving in COVID. We couldn't necessarily donate money. So we could continue to help these kids. Um, and luckily for us, we had a virtual program built into the system prior to COVID. For children. Why though? Why, why was that there? So for a lot of our kids that are immunocompromised, or if they're going through a bone marrow transplant, they need to be socially isolated. Um, and we want to be as accessible to as many kids as possible. So we had it on a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. And then we just amped things up. And, um, you know, we were doing four or five programs every single day. What so and and I'm aware of this. So but for those who haven't heard this story before, what is what, what does that mean programs each day? What was what was that like? So it started with individual calls or FaceTimes with families. So maybe a child was home and, you know, no one could leave their house. So they would have a princess read a story to them. Um, maybe it was their bedtime story, or maybe they were still going into the hospital for chemo and it was a little bit scarier now. So they would have a superhero do an arts and crafts activity with them while they were getting their chemo. We really tried to make those experiences special, even though we couldn't be together. And then we started seeing a need from our hospitals where they were at bandwidth and they were at capacity, especially earlier this summer with the Delta variant affecting kids the way that it had. And we were able to actually FaceTime live stream across the hospital. So every single room that had a, a TV in it was able to have our characters on it doing some kind of program. What a trip. And, and like, yeah. <laughs> like, how does that work for if, if a family wants to plug into that, are they, because uh, I just don't know, I'll just ask you, are they paying a subscription? Like, how do they, what's the plug-in? How do I, I, I hope I don't have to ever ask for the services, but yeah. if I'm a family who needed those services, what, what does that look like? Everything is always 100% free. Like totally, always, right. totally free. All right. So, so, but then, then that to me says, then there, is there a limitation on how many people you can serve? Because if it's free and, and I'm guessing, you know, as a staff of, of one full-timers with some support, you know, you, you probably don't have this never ending bag of dough to reach into, to put more out there. So yeah. like, and, and I'm being real, not negative, just practical as like, how does that happen? Like, cause, cause this leads to my next question. Cause I am sending this up for, you obviously need donors. We need people yeah. to fund this. We need like foundations and, and grant makers and et cetera. So what does that, the mechanics of that piece look like? Like, have you had to say, we can't plug into this, this, this hospital system over here because, you know, I know 
some of the sororities, do they raise money on their own? Tell me that mm-hmm. stuff because I want to know how that works and I want other people to hear how that all works. So we've been really lucky to be almost entirely grassroots friends and family funded over the last few years, but we all know that that's not sustainable. We really need serious community partners who believe in what we're doing to say, we want to make this a little bit easier on the organization so we can help you grow. Because the hardest thing that we have to do is say, oh, we're not established in your area yet, or we don't have the ability to offset the expenses. Um, We launched a uh, project, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit called bravery bags where we're sending in kits to hospitals to have these creative program activities pre-packaged and ready to go that they can just hand to families to use while they're there and when we announced it we had a hospital in texas reach out to us and say we would love to be a part of this we really need the support right now um, and we'd love to have you donate some bags and to get a better understanding i said how many do you need like what does this look like and they shared that they have over 100 people come in every day and they asked if we could fill that capacity we just donated 100 to one hospital so you know that's where we can say we want to do everything we can but we're limited by our internal capacity with funding um so having people that really believe in our mission and helping us in that way whether it's monetary funding or product donations or manpower and putting these bags and programs together that makes all of the difference in the world you know so we can t- talk a minute in a minute or two about what we're going to do next week because it's right around that whole theme. But yeah. I want to ask you this what about, like, it, without necessarily calling anybody out by name, unless you want to, it, are there certain businesses, companies, funders, organizations that you and your board have an eye on? And you're like, no, man, if we could get our story in front of fill in the blanks, are there mm-hmm. either industries or specific people and, and, and organizations? Absolutely. I think for us, it would make so much sense for us to work with businesses that are in the medical field, especially those businesses that are working specifically in medicine or pharmaceuticals. You know, you're already serving these communities. You're already serving children with critical or chronic illnesses. We can help you with the mental health aspect. We want to be the organization that's the cross section between physical health and mental health. So I think by collaborating in that way, we can have a holistic approach to how we are serving children in need. So I love what you said there. And I want to underscore it again, the cross section between physical health and mental health. I like that story. I, I, you know, from a branding perspective, we don't have to spend too much time on it now, but I like how you play with that because I think that's critical in a conversation where, you you know, you have um, the clinical team taking care of these children as they are, 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 prepared to do and educated to do and experienced to do. And then you have this other angle where, you know, I love that. I really love that theme. And I hope you guys continue to play around with that. Um, Before we go to a quick break, um, I want to just mention that because I'm on a mission to do 60 days of service, I've been like in Kylie's ear saying, yo, dude, check it out. Like we got to do, I want to do something with you. What can I do? What can I, so next Friday, we're going to hook up in Bayside Queens and we're going to put a bunch of these bravery bags together. Um, and I'm, this is a call out to if you're in Queens and you want to hook up with us and meet up and and uh, and help us on this project, we're going to put these bravery bags together and then we're going to drive them up um, to St. Mary's Children's Hospital in Bayside, Queens. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you guys don't know, I sit on the board of the Bayside Business Association, been involved in the community in Bayside for a long time. And uh, just, a, a, you know, not to 
not for anything else to the, other than spotlight this organization and, and help tell the story again. Um, and we'll do a little publicity. We'll get some people to know about it. We'll make some people aware about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, and that's going to be a special thing. So I'm, I'm very excited to collaborate with you on that uh, next week. Um, when we come back, I, we got to get into this thing about what it feels like on a campus for, you know, a, a sorority or a fraternities as well, right? It's not mm-hmm. just sororities. Um, yeah. yeah I, so when we come back, tell me about that, because I want to know what the, the look and feel of that is, because I see that as obviously an opportunity for increased growth, but also, you know, you've told me in the past that these organizations are really focused on, you know, raising funds. They're very service driven. I was not in a fraternity, uh, you know, when I was in college um, and guys that I knew in fraternities, I didn't know that they were really focused on service work, you know, Mm -hmm. but I want to hear about that when we come back, because there's obviously a big, big reach for you to, to grow in that vein. Uh, and then anything you want to talk about about the future of this organization, we'll close around with that stuff. Sounds good? Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Very cool. We'll be right back. I'm Tommy D. That's Kylie McGrain. Right back. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. That's right. That's what you're supposed to do. But I, I, I'm sharing the website because I love this website so much, momentofmagic.org. And the crown, anytime I show people your website, the crown just kind of moves into the frame. And that's, mm-hmm. people always like comment. That's so cute when they, when they see that. So, all right. So originally out of like Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. By way of Riverdale in the Bronx. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now representing this incredible organization in New York City, top of the heap, the whole thing, right? Let's go like this. You said something about a family in, and I believe you said Washington state said they had a child who, who would love to, or they would love to have had services and, and programs like what you're doing. So what is this, how many, I know the statistics and I can grab the statistics, but you know them better than anybody else. How many 
children, um, 30 chapters around the country at colleges and universities. And I love what you used this word before too, activating. I love that. What a strong word, activating 1500 college student volunteers. You partnered with more than 250 hospitals and nonprofit partners. What does that look like if I'm on campus? What is, what's that experience for a moment of magic? I think what has been so special about a moment of magic working with college students in this capacity is that for so many of them, it's finding a community on campus. And, you know, we work with all students at every school. So sometimes we are started by someone that's in a fraternity or sorority, but we don't limit who is involved. We want as many people to be involved as possible. So I think that that's really special. And I think the most amazing thing about the college volunteer side is that for the first time they really are getting to see okay if I am friends with this person and they care about what I care about and we do this together here's the impact we can make Um, you know and going back to that mental health of college students it's so important for them to have community it's so important for them to believe in being important and a part of something um, and to be able to provide them with some semblance of that or some small fraction of that experience is um, just remarkable. You know, thank you, Kyle. You know, it's not just about, and look, not to knock college life and partying and, and having fun, but, you know, which is probably why it took me six or seven years to get out of college because I was too busy partying and tending bar and and stuff like that uh but i will say this is a totally different individual that you're talking about you know yeah it doesn't mean they're not having a couple cocktails as appropriate you you know responsibly having a couple cocktails maybe on the weekend but you this is these are the people that are waking up early on a saturday morning to go to a hospital so they're you know not really the best lifestyle if you're out drinking till two o'clock in the morning right you gotta you're gonna you have a thing you have a responsibility what you know two different students on the same campus experiencing completely different parts of of the culture of the community right Mm -hmm. and i I, being a dad i certainly hope the four kids i if i send them they do go to college one day that they're the ones that are in the hospital on saturday morning you know not not uh, working off a hangover saturday morning so or or i guess if they are working off a hangover i hope they're in the hospital doing the work too so (laughs) yeah you know, that's not, I'm just being cute, everybody. I'm not promoting underage drinking or, or problem drinking. Certainly not. I haven't had a drink in 11 years, if, if you guys don't know that. So that's important to me. Um, all right. So wh- what is it, what does their feel? Like, do they, you know, what's the responses you get back from these communities on the campuses? I think the most, um, impactful comments that I'll get back is this is the first time that I felt like I belonged to something. This is the first time I felt like I was a part of a community or you gave me a home away from home or I changed my major because of this organization. Um, That is just incredible because that's what this organization did for me. And like I said, to be a small part in someone else's story in that way is just beyond my wildest dreams. You know, I think it's one of those things, Kylie, not to make this so grandiose, but you are affecting people's lives who you'll probably never meet like that's one of these things like is is now you've become that sort of situation it's that sort of situation like people's lives are better because of of decision you made and honestly in honor of her birthday shout out to decision carol made in saying that thing i mean like just saying that now look i we're 
having two daughters, especially one who loves the princess is frozen was like on like all the time. Like, Oh my God. So I get, mm-hmm. I, I mean, but I love that. I love the other one with the, the second one too. I like too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so again, I, I have daughters, everybody. Um, it's, I wouldn't be watching princess movies. Probably not if I didn't have daughters. So that's a whole nother thing, I guess. So Carol, thank you for your vision and seeing, you know, in your daughter, this, this incredible opportunity and, you're changing lives. As I keep saying, Kylie, it's, it's, I just looked on, um, on all the awards that the organization has, 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 um, has achieved just, just so far in, in the early days here. Um, is there anything, and I, I want to know, did we miss anything today that you need to get out there to the public about either, you know, you know what, Tommy D we're looking for board members or, you know Mm -hmm. what, like, I love the thing about the medical and pharmaceutical companies and, I challenge the people who are listening, if you're connected to a vice president of marketing at, at one of these big companies, you know, we hear these names every single day, no matter where you go, we hear Moderna, we hear Pfizer, right? We hear these names, those organizations, they have budgets, right? They make a lot of money. You know, I'm not saying how they should spend their money, but maybe I am saying how they should spend their money. <laughs> you know, I'm about strategic alliances and how can they align themselves philanthropically with an organization that is in the same, serving the same communities in the same hospitals as they are. Mm-hmm. Interesting conversation. Um, what have we left out though? I want to know if I'm missing anything and, and, you know, this is an opportunity to get it out there. I think, you know, two things I'd love to touch on. One is with our programs that we we are doing. We started with these princesses and superhero programs, which are still a fundamental core of who we are and what we do. But we've been able to expand and tap into more art experiences or music experiences or working with college athletes. We really want to fully encompass all types of creative play um, and building a community for our family. So that's where we started, but where we're going is just going to continue to grow and expand to better serve our community. Um, And then secondly is how people can get involved. I mean, all of the above, whether that's donating your time or your energy or financial support, there are so many opportunities to get involved in our mission. Um, Especially if you're here in New York City, we're working to really establish roots here This is where the organization was started. This is our home. Um, And for the first time ever, you know, COVID pending for next year, we're going to be moving a lot of our big events to the city. Um, So if you're here, oh, so I gotta wear my I wear my tuxedo in New York City next year, not in New Rochelle. (laughs) All right. Shout out to the guys at Bespoke again because they totally hooked me up. You know, I don't know how many stores you can call up and be like, I need a tux. Um, and I gotta leave in a half hour. And these guys like hooked it up and uh, look, and if you want to see how great I look, text me, uh, you know, I'll <laughs> uh, maybe I'll put it up on the Instagram, Tommy D.NYC or on, uh, maybe I'll do a dance, uh, on, on the, uh, on the TikTok. I was just at an event doing a day service the other day and we were doing this thing. Like, um, we were making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with my friend, Aaron Dinan, who you got to meet your lover. She's a doll. And we were doing like, what do they call it? Like a boomerang. I didn't even know what the boomerang, it was like when you just like dance around, like, I'm sorry, gang, if I'm making you dizzy, what am I going to tell you? This is something I just learned. One, one last piece. I feel like I got to mention because I sit on this state advisory board for the best buddies of New York. And if I'm not mistaken, you know, past conversations, you've told me when you sat down with that boy and that professor all those (laughs) years ago, one of those things was best buddies was sort of what you looked at, right? Yeah. Yeah, we were really looking at who is out there doing something similar in terms of where we want to be. And when we first put this business plan together to create chapters was an idea. 
um, before it was ever a reality. And we looked at organizations like Best Buddies that work on this chapter system. So we took a, an application to start Best Buddies, an application to start a college lacrosse club, and an application to start a sorority, and kind of melded them together. Sort of like a blender, yeah, like mixed exactly, it up. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's how we came up with the application. That's awesome. And, and just the, so if, if college folks want to get involved, like across the country, do they, I mean, at this point, are they calling you? Are they reaching out to Kylie? I mean, right on our website, the first thing that will happen is a little pop-up that says chapter applications. Um, you can just fill out that application or you can email us at info at a moment of magic.org. Info at a moment of magic.org. So this is special to have you here. I, I, this is a, a last call out to the people who are, what can I tell you? If you're in Queens, okay, and you're near Bayside and you know me or you don't know me, reach out to me, hook up with, with Kylie and I and some of her folks. We're going to put these bags together. I think it'll be a special opportunity. I think, I don't think, I know it'll be a special opportunity. It'll certainly be something that that'll make you feel good during the holiday season about the impact you're making. Kylie, I am so glad that, well, I sit on the board of the New York City Imagine Awards, and I'm so thrilled that I had the opportunity to talk to you over the summer. Um, you were a semifinalist. Look, you deserve to win this award at some point so we'll get to that we'll figure that all out but I was just jazzed because I remember having a great conversation the first time we met and having so many great conversations since and I think today was certainly one of those and other people got to listen in they got to eavesdrop even even so they got to eavesdrop in this conversation um, and I think we made an impact so look next week on the show I'll tell you who's coming up next week first let me finish my thank you Kylie I appreciate you I appreciate our our new-ish friendship and I and I look I I don't say this to be like a, a kind of a silly old guy but I know 10 years from now, 15 years from now, that this is going to be incredibly special. And looking back on, again, I'm coming seven years late to this game, but looking back on what you've had accomplished at that point, I'm just going to be jazzed to be kind of, uh, you know, a bystander, not so innocent because I want to help. So I won't be an innocent bystander, but I will. I'm jazzed to watch this happen. Thank you for being here. Thanks for all you're Thank doing. Thank you. So cool. I'll see you next week. Well, I'll text yes. you. Better work that stuff out. All right. So next week on the show on Philanthropy and Focus, you said before, Kylie, about being, they're just trying to be a kid. Next week, Rachel Lipoff from an organization called A Kid Again will be on the show with me to actually round off 2000 and uh 21 because uh we go on hiatus for two weeks at the end of the year but like that that's it this was an idea now it's a real thing 50 weeks in a row we've done this show kylie thanks again for being here thank you i'll see you guys soon if you want to check in with me tommy d at philanthropy and that's um email tommy d.nyc on the instagram and on the tiktok make it a great day make it a great weekend i'll see you guys later on bye kylie bye Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions so cut through all the static, join Tommy in his attic. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. UK time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 